Hello, and thank you for joining us for another podcast of the Gospel Rescue Mission. We are high atop the building at 540 Southwest Foundry Street. You can hear the traffic in the background and maybe even our folding machine somewhere. Uh, folding newsletters as we speak. Uh, today we're going to talk about, I am, I am sitting in my office with Clyde Berquist, our men's coordinator, and Farrah Guthrie, our women's coordinator, and uh, two seasoned pros at uh, helping residents get moved on and doing the things that they ought to do in life and holding their feet to the fire on, um, on being accountable with all of life. And I am really glad that they took the time to come into my office and share a little bit of their time. We want to talk about, today is November 15th, we want to talk about jobs and work and what um, what's going on with the mission residents in the working world. We get asked a lot of questions about how many of your residents are employed. We get a lot of questions about what are the obstacles that they're facing and all of those kinds of stuff. And I wanted to bring them in to talk to them directly, let them uh, share their heart with you. And let's start with this. I was looking at the at the men's roster and a women's roster today, and the men's roster shows 39 men, 16 of which are employed. And the women's roster uh, shows it shows that we have 18 women, nine of which are employed. And Farah said, "Take it away, Farah." I think when I counted, there was 18. Women and thirteen had jobs. Thirteen of them have jobs. Yes, that is you. You have hands down broken every record ever set for percentage of of residents employed. Um, so it was real easy when I knew it was fifty percent, but now that what's that make it about seventy five percent of the resident population employed? That's impressive. Um, so. Um, when we talk about um, where are these guys getting these jobs, because we're not thinking that, you know, Grants Pass isn't seeing some big, big boom. It's not like a big booming economy or anything. And yet we are not having a problem getting our residents employed. I'm just going down the list of the ones, the places that I know of in town that we have people employed and I'm going to read my list, and then as you guys go through, if you hear anything I left out, please jump in. Applebee's, Fireball Gas Station, Rogue Valley Session Door, Master Brand, Burger King, ESAM, Blondie's Bistro, The Powder Horn, First Call Resolution, Fred Meyer, Walmart, Safeway, Wild River Brewing, uh, Tap Rock, La Quinta, Jack in the Box, can you think of any other places in town? I am sure there are more that we have not. Uh, Elmer's, I know, has hired some of our people in the past. Anybody else you can think of that I'm that's not listed in that list? Rogue Valley Door. I got them. Uh, I've got a good friend of mine that runs the uh, Doll Corporation. Okay. Um, we got a couple guys out there now that uh, are assembling uh, bird cages. Oh, awesome! Also harvesting uh, manzanita. Oh, you is he is that the the burl man? Yeah, he would the be the burl man. hunter. The burl hunter. That's awesome. Okay. Um, uh, FCR. Yeah, first call resolution. FCR. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Fireball. Yep, got them. Yeah. KFC. I got, already got that. Oh, I didn't get KFC. Burger That's King. Cool. I got Burger King. I got Burger King. Oh my gosh. 
man, I, you know, it's, it's amazing. You're thinking, how many businesses are in Grants Pass? And really, I don't know of many that haven't hired somebody from the mission. It used to be that guys would, when I first came to the mission, guys would lie on their applications and give a, a different address because they didn't want them to know that they lived at the mission because they thought it would be some kind of a, uh, a reason that somebody wouldn't hire them. Um, I'm thinking that this town has proven that they're not concerned about whether or not they live at the mission. In fact, that they're willing to give residents of the mission a chance. Um, why would they do that, do you think? What are, what are the reasons that that you would imagine that somebody would go, yeah, I'd hire? I mean, why would it be a good choice to hire somebody from the Gospel Rescue Mission? I think one of the things, uh, Gospel Rescue Mission has pretty high standards um, as far as coming in the gate uh, with different addictions and poor choices. And so uh, right off the bat, uh, these guys have to decide um, that they're going to try to quit different bad habits in their lives. So they're, they're faced um, with pretty much some immediate baggage. Right, right, right. That would probably defer uh, them from being hired in the past. So right off, uh, they're faced with the fact that some things in their life need to change. Then once they get in here, let's see that um, many homeless people are uh, very independent and really live in a place of loneliness and isolation. And as they come in here to the mission right away, they have to learn how to work as a team, a team player. And I know for myself, as uh, you know, having my own uh, company in the past and employing guys, one of the biggest things to having a good employee is the fact that they need to get along and play well with others. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so right off, that's one of the things that they have to learn to do. Yeah. And uh, there's an attitude adjustment right there that um, they can't continue to have a bad attitude without somebody calling them on it. You tell, you tell us, so they're, they're living in a room with, how many, how many people are in your 30-day dorm on a busy 30-day? Uh, we, we sleep 10 in there. 10. And and in the men's house, it's twenty eight, I think. It's something like that. Yeah, yeah, right around thirty. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna live with ten other people, ten to twenty other people in your face. They 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 know they you know you're gonna be rubbing shoulders with them, rubbing elbows. You got to get along. You know, if you don't get along, it ain't gonna work, huh? Well, and there's only ten in the thirty day dorm because the other women come in with children with them, right. so they won't fit in the 30-day dorm. They have their own separate rooms. So we do have separate rooms that they do share with each other. So so again, still having to learn to, to get along, not just with, sometimes not just with each other, but with each other's kids too. Whoo! So, um, so I'm thinking, you know, first of all, we don't allow anybody to get out and look, even begin the looking process uh, for, for at work for 30 days. So one of the first things that I know is that is that in order if that person's coming to me and I'm an employer, well this guy if he's been sober, this girl if they've been sober and clean for 30 days, well they can give me a clean UA, right? Now with all of the um, the current uh, laws of of legalizing marijuana and whatnot, we we know that that's going to stay in the system for at least 30 days. So 
So they're going to give a clean UA. So that's going to set them already head and shoulders above a good chunk of the population. Um, the other thing is, is look, when you come down to the mission, either the men's or the women's house, uh, you're not seeing a bunch of of men or women just sitting around. I mean, right now, the, there's about 40 guys in the men's house, 18 women and 20 kids, something 21 like, 21 children. And when you go over to either house, you're not seeing... We're not seeing just a bunch of people sitting around, you know, singing gloom, despair, and agony on me, um, you know, and and everything. In fact, you might see five, six guys, maybe five or six girls. What are they doing? What's going on? Well, you asked why would somebody want to hire one of our residents, yeah. and there are people like you and I, and yeah. they're plugged into the community. They're yeah. um, involved in their church. They're um, running errands like we do every day, and... Um, they're just people that have hit hard times and yeah well I'm thinking I'm thinking I know this when I when I was giving um, I was giving somebody a tour at the women's house the other day and the only women I saw above the first floor were women with like mop bucket and ringer and vacuum cleaners and stuff like that I mean they were working I mean you got you know, between the two houses, there's 40,000 square feet of indoor living space. We had a new girl ask, um, why are we dusting when there's no dust on the windowsills? Why are we doing this every day? And we're like, well, because we do it every day. That's yeah. why there's no dust. That's why it's so clean in here. So yeah. makes sense. Right. Right. And, and when, you, when you consider that um, almost 20% of the jobs in in Josephine County are hospitality related, you know, whether it's food or or hotel motel or things along that line, along those lines. Um, well, golly, they're coming in right out right away, and they're working in our facility in a field that's wide open and and growing in our area. I mean, we got a new hotel going up at the north end of town um, that I have no idea when it'll be open, but. Uh, Right up by the new by the new In and Out Burger, another hospitality thing, you know, food service and and everything. And if you ask, you know, you look at half of the places that are on our list or of of places where our residents have been hired, are food service and and hospitality related. You know, we've got different hotels and different convention centers and different. Um, well, the work that places. the work that they're doing in the house, they're putting on their resume as experience. So yeah. that's helping them get gain employment as well. For sure, for sure. So, talk to me about what I want to talk about is is um, some common obstacles that we we're constantly looking at and trying to figure out how do we do barrier barrier removal. Let me see if I can say it: barrier removal for our residents, and they come in with a lot of barriers. Um, what are some common obstacles that are shared by both the men and the women that they come in here right out of the gate and they're going, why can't I just go out and look for work right now? And you go, because you've got a whole series of things that would stop you from getting employed. What are some of those things? Big one is resume. Sure. They don't. Uh, if they come in with a resume, it's definitely not updated with their current phone number and address. And then also the work that they're doing in our house um, isn't updated on there as well as experience. Right. So, resume, transportation, 
um, not being able to, I mean, there's bus, but then there's weekends, there's night shifts that they, they do. Um, for the women in particular, there's daycare um, obstacles. Um, and then if they don't have transportation and they're in need of daycare, now they're required to um, you know, ride the bus to the daycare and then um, ride, get back on the bus, go to work, and then get back on the bus, go back to the daycare. Um, so transportation is a big one. Um, they don't have work history, so not having any work history on their resume or experience uh, is also It's pretty an important obstacle. thing for, for an employer to be able to call one of you two yes. as a reference and say, tell me about this person. You were the only reference they listed. Tell me, tell me about them. And for you guys to say, you know what, I've got 30 days or 45 days or 60 days of history with this person and I've got to see them work and get and how they get along with somebody and I can tell you this you know I wouldn't have sent them to you employer potential employer if they weren't if I didn't if I wouldn't be willing to hire myself if I didn't think that they were really ready to get out and and do that how about some simple ones I mean how often do they come in with work clothes that's, that's another one. Uniform. Uh, when they get hired, they, they need a uniform. Yeah. Um, they need shoes for work. Yeah. Yeah. I, we've bought plenty of non-slip black, uh, non-slip sole black shoes. Khaki pants. Khaki pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. And then GED. That's that's another one. Yeah. Um, how about, uh, I can't even count how many times I've heard somebody come in and they go, I don't have any identification. You know, I come in and I was out there on the streets and somebody stole all my ID or, or I lost it or whatever. It's kind of a big one, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is very common. The, yeah. I got my stuff stolen. Yeah. Yeah, I, the mission provides a place where um, these guys can come back in and, and get a foundation. I think one of the main, I think a barrier would be a lack of a stable place to actually uh, provide uh, some consistency in their life. Yeah. Uh, there's been consistent patterns, but unfortunately, out on the streets, if you don't know where you're going to be pl- staying every night, they're just bouncing around. So the mission uh, adds a place where they can actually get a foundation and start getting all their documents in order and, and gearing up towards a job because they don't have to worry about uh, if they got a job and they're on the streets, where they're going to be staying the next uh, night and, and how they're going to shave. So hygiene. Right. Uh, where they're going to shower. Yeah. Um, I know some guys uh, that have been in here and for one reason and another have been discharged. Uh, if they had got a job while they're in here and they're discharged and they're still working, uh, if they don't have a place to shower or you know several days or even a week goes by, they will feel so bad about their body odor and stench and not being able to shave. Yeah. Um, especially in, in the restaurant industry, they will actually quit because of the shame that they feel. Wow. Wow. That's, that's powerful. You know, the, um, those are the things that just people don't take into consideration. We, we, do, um, we just got that recent article about Chris and, and um, the work that we're doing with his teeth. You know, a lot of guys come in, a lot of girls come in, and, and they say, you know, man, I've, I've put in, um, I, I've made plenty of mistakes, but I want to change. But my smile will always remind 
everybody about my past, everybody about the the problems that I've you know had and, and the trouble that I've been in and stuff. Well, and they don't smile. And so they don't they smile. They have this That's quirky right. grin that they do. And at times they, they want to laugh, but they hold back because yeah. of this appearance. Boy, what a... What a weird thing to have to go through every day. And I say it's weird, you know, but at the same time, I think I do the exact same thing. You know, I think I do the exact same thing. And we, we want to go, man, is our pride that that big? But it, it's not necessarily a pride thing. It's just, a, you know, everybody else got teeth, you know, but I don't have good teeth, you know. And, and it's not always... Because of bad things they've done, some people just got you know bad genetics and whatnot, um, and so things like that. Yeah, you know it's interesting. We we're talking about smiling. Um, when I first started here, there were a few guys that knew each other when they lived on the streets, and one guy checked in here to the mission, and the other came in. The other guy came in shortly after, and they had commented to themselves that they had never seen each other smile mm-hmm. on the streets. Wow! And so here. Uh, there's a reason to smile, and they're just glowing. And in uh, the one uh, resident here, and good friend of mine, uh, Chris Sorensen, um, he's a beautiful man. Uh, he does have a beautiful smile, but I think, um, and he's always glowing. But instead of smiling so often, he's a hugger. <laughs> so he will refer to hugging, hugging because he's so excited about life now, and he, he can't uh, restrain himself. So he's a hugger. And uh, anyways, it will be really cool to see him uh, not only as a hugger, but a smiler because uh, he's not ashamed uh, of his appearance. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we, we put a lot of work into this and, and you guys really, it's the two of you who are putting you know your feet on the ground. And um, you mentioned a, co- a conversation that you had earlier um, that I've run across numerous times too. Um, I, I, I've been at the mission for I'm going on my tenth year here, and and it used to be that it was very rare that we had guys that were getting out and getting employed, and even more rare when the women were doing so. And um, consequently, what we would get is um, we would get a lot of people who wanted to go. They'd look to us for kind of cheap, under-the-table labor. We were always kind of a ready source for some day job kind of things. So somebody needs a little yard work done. Hey, go down to the mission. There's always a couple of guys there that can do some work, and you can pay them 20 bucks, and they'll be happy and whatever. And and it would always kind of work itself out, you know. I mean, the guys never really got ahead, but, you know, they'd end up with 30 40 bucks in their pocket or whatever at the end of the day and feel pretty good about themselves. I might help them put some money on their um, on their phone um, or something like that, um, but it was just as likely to you know give them a reason to to fail out of the mission because they had forty bucks in their pocket, which would buy them a lot of alcohol for a weekend or something, and and we'd lose them. Um, and anyways, so we we still get a lot of phone calls from people who are looking for a labor source and and. Oftentimes, you know, we're shocked because uh, when we tell them, well, hey, I can't do it. I can't give you guys. And it's for a good reason because all my guys are employed and and everything. But my experience and the story you were telling is is that people are not always happy to hear that. In fact, sometimes they're really downright rude to you and angry about it that 
for some reason you weren't there for them in their moment of need. Tell tell me about the phone call that you got earlier and, and just kind of remind me of that story. Yeah, well, there was a, a gentleman that had called and um, he just needed some firewood split and stacked. Yeah. And he was hoping that he could uh, get one or two residents and pay him 10 bucks an hour cash. And... Um, Anyways, um, when I actually talked to this gentleman and told him, you know, we, we just don't do that anymore um, because what we're trying to do is uh, get these guys into some full-time work. Uh, that's taxable employment. And um, anyways, he, he was very upset. Uh, he said, well, it, this must be a recent thing that you guys have changed uh, because in the past, the mission always had let guys come down and volunteer their time and work under the table. And I said, well, you know, things are changing because we want more of a, a long-lasting uh, consistency in these guys' you know, lives instead of you know, 20 bucks here and there in the pocket. And uh, he was very upset and uh, disgruntled and kind of hung up the phone on me. And I, I felt bad. Um, but then on the other hand, I thought, our guys aren't just disposable guys, you know, where you just, you know, throw a few bucks at them and because they're poor and homeless and off the streets that they'll take anything. You know, these these are guys just like you and I, and uh, these are men uh, made in the image of God that are worthy of, <laughs> you know, full-time work and employment and getting a paycheck and all those things that um, actually instill a future and for me a couple hours a couple cast jobs here and there uh is very short term um yeah yeah so i my uh, actually uh, a good friend of mine <laughs> called me and said hey can you round somebody up a couple guys up and and uh i said you know we we don't do that anymore and he says what what are you talking about they used to do that all the time and I said, well, I, I, I get it. You need a hand. But 20, 30 bucks in the pocket with guys who are struggling um, with no consistency, it could easily turn into an opportunity uh, and be tempted by a little bit of money in their pocket that they need to burn it and get alcohol or one thing or another. Yeah, yeah. So For sure. It's, it's, um, and, and the truth is, we haven't done that for probably three or four years. So when they say you used to do it all the time, shows you how long ago it's been since they last checked. And it kind of makes you wonder, kind of makes you wonder when they're, when they're hanging up the phone on you and they're, they're upset and you're thinking, well, were you really interested in helping our resident? Or were you more interested in them helping you? Because why, why are you why are you all upset all of a sudden? You know, I mean, if you really want if you really want to help our guys, you can still donate. I, I'm cool with that. You can give them money. I you know I, I'm okay with that. You know, send send money to their program. But but if this is really about you needed help and you're upset because it, it didn't work out, well then accept my apology and let's be okay. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I'm sorry, I don't have somebody that can help you, but you know, I hope that you recognize that I'm here for them, not here to supply a labor force, you know, in a, in a sense, you know, a cheap alternate labor force or something. Ferry, you were going to say something earlier. Um, Clyde had mentioned earlier about foundation and building that foundation. And so when a resident of mine 
uh, reaches that 30-day mark where it's time to start looking for work, I always ask them, who have you always wanted to be? What have you always wanted to do that you think is so far-fetched? And so it's not about um, just an income. It is about being who they've always wanted to be and then um, establishing employment that prevents them from being a return resident because that is very common. These residents gain employment and then a couple months down the road, they end up back at the house. And so the idea is to find and gain employment that they can um, excel in, that they can maybe be a supervisor someday. And I mean, because they're always, not always, but most of the time it's going to be entry level positions. So find a job that you can uh, move up the ladder in and then also have um, benefits, yeah. uh, vacation pay, uh, those sorts of things. And when you're talking about those kinds of things, I mean, you know, think about how important that is. And you, you mentioned a little bit about the the hangups, particularly as they relate to the women. I mean, guys have hurdles and guys and women and women have common hurdles together, but there are some, particularly with the moms, that that the hurdles are sometimes just astronomical. Talk a little bit about that. What what are those? I mean, you mentioned daycare, for example. Daycare is huge. Uh, a lot of the times DHS is really supportive in that department, and they do encourage um, employment-related daycare that they do provide for, but there are certain circumstances that they the residents um, don't qualify for those services. Um, so... Also, the uh, availability for spots at a daycare. I mean, it's hard to search for a daycare and one that's going to, you know, accept your child during those hours and um, even if they have a spot open. So, uh, and then the women don't have transportation. So, how do they find daycare within walking distance? It's kind of like, how do you you get the cart before, you know, which one comes first? You're constantly, you two are constantly juggling, like, what's the order that we do these things in? Because... You know, a gal's got to get daycare to get a job, but she has to have an income in order to get daycare. And she may have to get to and from that daycare, which means she may have to get a car before she gets to the daycare, but she can't get the car until she has a job. And so it's like this constant catch-22 that you're into. And it's like, how do, what, where do we start? Which, which barriers do we remove first? Well, and they won't, daycares won't hold your spot until you actually get a job. So finding daycare before you get employment. (laughs) um, So we always, okay, well, just get a job and then the daycare will come after that. And it, yeah, it's difficult. And it happens. I mean, what's what's miraculous is 13 out of 18 women, Mm -hmm. how many of those do you think have kids? Over half of them? Uh, Oh, over half, for sure. Have have kids. And And the added challenges that could be even on top of that, I mean, if you're imagining, if you're listening to this right now and you're imagining, okay, how would I do this as a a single mom? But now imagine that you have a a three-month-old and a six-year-old and a 15-year-old. And now what do I do? Because they can't all go to the same daycare, mm-hmm. and and so do you, what do you tell your fifteen year old? Go hang out on the street for the you know after school for the next you know. Sorry, you got to do some kind of after school program. What after school program? Uh, my kid's not an athlete, and I can't afford insurance, let alone um, basketball shoes. You know, one hundred and thirty dollar pair of basketball shoes for him. 
um, and he doesn't like basketball. Generally, so what do we do? Generally, you would leave your 15-year-old at home and maybe even caring for the three-year-old. Who knows? Right. But uh, at the mission, if the parent isn't um, present, the child cannot be present. And the challenges that... 21 children... Yeah, you're, you know, we can't have six teenagers in the house without their parent present. So we do have to find alternatives for these uh, children, things for these children to do. And somebody might ask, well, why can't you have six teenagers in the house by themselves? And then you just ask yourself, okay, hold on a second. Let's go back to when we were teenagers and imagine, imagine six of uh, three of them are boys and three of them are girls. Why can't I have six teenagers alone in the house yep. by themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and suddenly, you know, man, I mean, your jobs just got really complicated. I think I'm going to quit, <laughs> do something else. Okay. So, so, you know, one of the things we're, we're going to title this, this broadcast, um, working residents, the good problem to have. Um, and, it's good because we're getting residents out working, and that's the easy part. Why is it a problem? Why, why is it a problem when our residents... Why is it a problem that now I've got, uh, out of, I've got 75% of the women working during the day, and, and you know, you got, that leaves you, what, five women that aren't working out of 18? What kinds of things do your What kinds of things are your people doing during the day that 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 make this place run? Either one of you. Do you I'll I'll answer. Yeah. Okay, so there's leadership roles that happen in the house, and the uh, residents they actually have these workstations, and their res- their responsibilities are huge. So you when when they get a, a job, all of a sudden you need to fill that empty space that um, uh, wasn't there before. So everything's running smoothly, and now all of a sudden uh, we have a big change in who's going to do what around the house. So the, we have resident assistants, and I'm not sure if everybody's familiar with what they do. We call them RAs around RAs. here, and, and everybody we talk to everybody like they know what we're talking about, but mm-hmm. most of them look, scratch their heads and go, what's a RA? So they sit in the front office yeah. um, of both houses, so yeah. there's a male and female RA, and they answer the phones, they um, help whoever comes to the door, uh, they kind of put together our work roster. Um, So when they get a job, all of a sudden, you know, if you're an employer, you put a schedule out and it's for the week and your employers can't really say, I I can't work Tuesday and Thursdays. You say, okay, we'll find another job because I need these hours filled. But with resident assistants, you have to constantly adjust the work schedule because you have appointments, you have job interviews, you have, now they've gained employment. So, um, now you have to find a new resident assistant to fill that spot. But not only find one, but you have to train them and get them kind of, I guess we call it thrown on desk um, sometimes because it is it, get, it does get a bit chaotic. But the same is for housing. When they gain housing, all of a sudden you're losing this very valuable resident who is so stellar in the house that you just really appreciate their... Um, their hard work. So you, you know, it's, it is hard to overstate the power of an RA in, mm-hmm. in in the in the mission. I mean, you know, when you say you, you say you know they, they do their work, they work out the the daily work schedule and everything like that. I mean, imagine 
imagine you're training a person who was at least 30 days ago was homeless and you're training them to to make sure that that uh, in the men's house it could be as many as 55 60 guys at, at a time you know you're making sure that they're all going to the appointments that they need to go to that they're going that they're all distributed to all the different work sites that we have around the, the house um, in both houses you've got you've got that going on you've got um, and outside of the house outside of the house inside of the house you've got um, you're making sure that everybody that is supposed to be taking their medications, maybe we've got a couple of guys on blood pressure, guys and girls on blood pressure medication, or they're taking some kind of, uh, you know, um, anti-anxiety med or something like that. We're making sure that they're getting those on time and when they're supposed to be taking them. You're making sure that they're that they're getting to their um, court appointments on time, their PO probation, you know, uh, uh, appointments on time. You're making sure that they're making their doctor appointments and medical appointments appointments on time. You're making sure that they're meeting with the coordinators when the coordinators want to see them. So both of you two, you know, the the resident assistants are making sure that they're kind of that buffer for you and making sure that you're, I mean, they're a real assistant to you guys in that sense. They're answering the phone. Hello, thank you for calling the Gospel Rescue Mission. They're, They're doing all those things, transferring phone calls correctly. And some of those are phone calls coming from uh, corporate donors, they're coming from individual donors, they're coming from the news media, they're coming from other professional organizations like DHS or options or, or probation and parole or something like that. These people are very, very talented, very gifted. They're learning to work a pretty, a pretty complicated Excel spreadsheet and, and all that stuff. So an RA is a highly trained person. You've invested right a hand. lot of time into, right and if you've got, if you're fortunate enough to have more than five, even five of those, you have trained some fantastic people that can manage a lot of things. They deal with complaints and all day long. They deal with all kinds of stuff. These become very talented people, and that's not just to mention the fact that daily tasks like. Housekeeping. We mentioned forty thousand square feet of indoor living space between the two houses. It's uh, it's about twenty thousand in uh, Fixo, and it's about um, it's about twenty four thousand in Wagner. Um, then uh, then you've got uh, our thrift store uh, help at our thrift store. We we provide you know six to eight thousand hot meals every every month. Um, so there's work in our kitchen. Um, we've got drivers going around every day. Just so much that gets everything's harder to get done when suddenly somebody that was trained and somebody out there in the employment world recognizes, wow, this person's going to be sharp. I'm going to hook, I'm going to buy them, I'm going to bring them on, and everything. And now the mission loses that really great person, and and that's you know that's the problem that you guys are now faced with. Oh man, you guys have got to be constantly training constantly on the lookout for who's the next good person for what next good job that you've got to do and that whole time you've also got to direct all the other things that you're dealing with and you're counseling you're doing all kinds of counseling with anxiety and depression and drug addictions and and suicide you know prevention and and job counseling training and 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 all kinds of and familial counseling parenting and and you know all kinds of different stuff you guys are really uh an amazing couple of people to have on staff anyways and then to have that kind of thing going on and it's no wonder that we've got such high percentages of people in the working world 
out there in our of our resident population. And it's a really great thing. So I'm thinking, you know, if I'm a if I'm listening to this right now and I'm let's say I'm a, a homeless person that's thinking, you know what? I um I really want a life where I could ask myself once again. I've been too afraid to dare ask myself, what would you like to be when you grow up? What what, what kind of job might you like to have? You've been, you know, I've been too worried about the fact that my teeth are all jacked up or I've got felonies on my record or or I just don't have any good employment history that's anywhere recent. I don't have a resume. I don't have I don't have any of that stuff. You're saying to them, "Come on down and we're going to help you get that." You you come by, you check in, come talk to me. And and if that's all it is, if that's all the problem is, is something monumental like that, guess what? We, we do that. Um, on the other hand, if um, you're a donor, if you're somebody or, or somebody who's considering saying, man, you know what, I'd love to help out at the mission. I'd love to be able to help out. Um, well, obviously, you know, um, do not be afraid. Never ask, can you guys use my money? Trust me, we can make use of your money. Um, we can always use the donations. Um, these things cost money, and it costs a tremendous amount to to get all of these things accomplished in, in the lives of, of people here. Um, but maybe you say, I don't have um, money, and you know what kinds of things can we do? Um, well, maybe you go, well, I'm a business owner, and I don't have a lot of money. I, I mean, I make enough to you know, support my family. I'm happy to have my business. Um, but I employ people. I would say, Hey, don't be afraid to call to call the mission and say, "Hey, who do you got? You know, I'm looking for somebody that can do X. You know, whatever it is, and to check us out." And, and for those of you who are listening on podcast, you can't see that both coordinators are looking at me and nodding, mm-hmm. but you can't you can't hear that on the radio. Um, then. Um, so hire our people for sure. Um, can continue to do that. And if you're one of those employers and you're listening to this, and one of those employers who has hired our people, man, thank you. I cannot tell you enough. Um, I've, I've in my head while we've been talking, I've thought of like a couple of other places that have hired. You know, Swiss Metric, and uh, and I'm just trying to think of. You know, I had one that came in and went. If your name is one of those, and I forgot to mention you, trust me. Okay. Brookdale, Brookdale, yes. yes, yes. I mean, this is, you know, we just, we need you in our community and we thank you for taking a risk on our people. Um, I just got a call from Playcraft, which was Krauscraft for that's awesome. assembling uh, playground equipment. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. In fact, they've hired people from us before as well. Um, Kensington. Uh, assisted living and oh, the bridge. The yes. bridge is another one. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All of that. It's such a big deal. And then obviously, as you listen to the, uh, maybe maybe you're sitting there and you're going, I'm retired. I don't, I don't hire anybody and I don't make enough money to really donate a bunch of cash or anything like that. Um, but I got a little bit extra time. Well, guess what happens? Every time that I have somebody that has gone in and gets hired, 
I've got a void that's left behind of things that need to get done. And maybe you can just come on and, and pitch in some time with us, you know, sign up, fill out our volunteer paperwork. In fact, there's a page on our website at grantspassmission.org um, that's under the title volunteer. And if you just click on that, it'll start the application process and, and it'll give us some ideas of what you, maybe some ways we can connect with you that uh, would be helpful and we can help plug you in. And um, sometimes Sometimes the best ministry in this place just gets done working right alongside of the residents that we have, you know, getting to just, hey, swing a mop with some guys or girls for a while and, and uh, sit down and fold uh, envelopes, stuff envelopes for a, for a newsletter or do dishes or help out in the kitchen or, or something like that. We would love to have you. Thank you to uh, Farah and Clyde for coming in, sharing Um, sharing your heart and time with our audience today. And um, again, if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, check us out, look at uh, grantspassmission.org, donate on our donate page, volunteer on our volunteer page, check us out, share us with your friends. If you know somebody that you think, man, they should have heard this, uh, well, share it with them and we'll make sure that it gets there. Thank you again for listening to us. Have a great day. God bless you. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.